This is Wellness Wednesday from The Current. I'm Jill Riley. Daylight saving time just ended. <laughs> and the biggest complaint that I hear from people, friends, family, you know, even listeners of The Current, is, uh, is any kind of disruption in sleep can really become a problem for routine and for, you know, people trying to work. I hear a lot of uh, parents talking about how it can affect kids. And believe me, I am no sleep expert. I could use some help in that area. So that's why we call on the experts. And I have Dr. Michael Howell, who specializes in sleep disorders. Uh, Dr. Howell is an associate professor at the U of M Medical School and is the medical director of M Health Fairview's sleep performance training program for athletes. Good morning, Dr. Howell. Morning, Jill. Great to talk to you again. Yeah, thank you for uh, for returning, for coming back, for taking the time to talk about sleep. So after daylight saving time over the weekend, uh, you know the the disruption, the complaint, like I mentioned, can be you know a disruption in sleep. So you know, as a sleep expert, how do you think that this time change really affects people's pattern? As a general rule, people tend to like it. You know, this this is the time of year where you get the extra hour, and yeah. then in the spring, that's when the real frustration tends to jump in. But what I would what I would just point out is that this is an opportunity to recognize the value and the importance of your body's twenty four hour clock. That's your circadian rhythm, and and when you adjust that even by an hour, you can notice it. And many people are out there struggling with sleep problems or other circadian rhythm disorders, and they really struggle. Uh, at these times of year when they have to make a change. Human beings are not computers. You can't just shut them down and put them into sleep mode at any time you want to. There is a rhythm, uh, then that rhythm tends to align reasonably well with the 24-hour day. Everyone is different. Jill, yours is different from mine. Some people are naturally night owls. Some people are early birds, and there's everything in the middle. Uh, and the, uh, the more your circadian rhythm aligns with what you're trying to do with work, life, school, um, relationships, the better you're going to feel, the the more refreshing your sleep is going to be, and the better you're going to perform. Now, this is the time of year where we're headed into, you know, we're headed into winter soon and the darker months. How does light and dark affect our sleep? The strongest cue for your brain and body to understand subconsciously where they are on the planet. So your, your brain is trying to understand it. What your circadian rhythm is trying to do is figure out what time zone you're in. And the strongest cue is bright light, particularly in the morning. First thing in the morning, bright light, essentially a sunrise. Even if, even if it's not literally a sunrise, even if it's just light from a computer screen or a tablet, Uh, or from the headlights as you're going into work. Um, Bright light is the signal to your brain uh, that it is time to get up and to get going. I'm talking with Dr. Michael Howell from the U of M and uh, M Health Fairview. What is the best way to adjust? I mean, what can we do to adjust to the the changes? My advice is uh, if you can sleep in, just enjoy it. Take an extra hour, get that extra hour of sleep, and pay attention to how well you feel uh, the next day and this week. And and then try to uh, harness that motivation for better sleep and, and try to get more sleep during uh, the rest of the winter. Uh, for individuals uh, who will wake up early and have trouble falling back asleep, uh, the best thing they can do is just take bright light and use it in the evening to try to push their circadian rhythm a little later. Now, when it comes to light, I mean, 
you know, is it just a matter of turning the lights on in the house? So I hear of people using, you know, therapy lights and, you know, mm-hmm. artificial lights. Are those things, are they useful? Yes, they are. Thank you for asking that, Jill. Yeah. The best is, is the sun. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, if, if, uh, if, if you happen to have access to that free fusing ball of helium in the sky, take full advantage of it. However, in Minnesota, even after the sun supposedly rises over the horizon, it's often hard to see, especially in the wintertime. Um, but if you don't have that, if it's, or if you have to wake up earlier uh, than 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, a 10,000 Lux light box. These are the light boxes that are used for people with seasonal affective disorder. Hmm. They're often called sad lamps. Uh, very, very useful. And the relationship between seasonal affective disorder and a circadian rhythm problems go hand in hand. And then when it comes to kids, getting a rhythm back on track or you know adjusting to time changes can look a little different. Or is it that much different? Well, it, it looks different for everyone because we all have different circadian rhythms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you might have a night owl in the house and uh, the, the extra hour in the morning goes a long way. And if the same household has, a, has an early bird, getting that extra hour can throw their rhythm off a little bit more. So as a general rule, adolescents tend to be more night owls. Mm-hmm. They need more sleep in the morning uh, to keep them, their circadian rhythm from completely going off the rails Bright light in the morning is really helpful for them. I'm talking with Dr. Michael Howell. We're talking about sleep. Are you an advocate for naps? Maybe this is a really self-serving question because I want to make a really good argument in my household of why (laughs) I need to take my afternoon nap. I'm a uh, relentless partisan on on behalf of team naps. Okay. Human beings are natural nappers. Uh, All of us, even if you haven't napped in decades, there is a little lull in the middle of the day when your body would be able to take a nap if it was properly trained to do so. And uh, in order to have a good nap, number one is the right duration of the nap. So you either want to do a short 10 to 20 minute power nap or you want to do a full 90 minute sleep cycle nap. Mm. And uh, you want to avoid waking up in between there, because if you do, you're going to wake up and wonder what planet you are on. Oh, I've been there. Um, And then the second thing is to understand what is your natural nap timing. So, Jill, your natural nap might be a little bit different from mine, just like we have different sleep times at night. We have different natural nap times during the day. Uh, And then make sure that if you have any underlying sleep issues that they are taken care of. So if someone has sleep apnea, you don't want to take a nap when with sleep apnea, for example, and then just practice. Just like anything else, practice taking naps works. Dr. Michael Howell from the U of M Medical School and also Medical Director of M Health Fairview Sleep Performance Training Program for Athletes. Appreciate hearing from you and, uh, and take care. Take care, Jill. Yep, you are listening to The Current. Thanks for listening to Wellness Wednesday from The Current. I'm Jill Riley. Our producer is Anna Weggle, and our digital producer is Jay Gabler. Our theme music is a portion of the song FB1 Number no. 2 by Christian Bjorklund under the non-commercial Sharealike 3.0 international license. Head to thecurrent.org for more wellness content and great music.